Well, Brett, if you could come on up with me. Brett and I are going to tag team a, a little different today. Instead of doing our typical message, we're going to share a few things uh, today, and then we're going to have a time of question and answer. And, uh, but uh, we, if you're a guest, we have several guests with us today, and you may not be aware of it uh, since you're with us today, but we are going through, a, as a church, you've come at a great time. We are going through a sabbatical time of rest as uh, one of our other pastors who is on staff here, Pastor Tom, is on sabbatical. He and his family are uh, right now taking a time of rest, but we are also doing that as he's doing that as well as a congregation, and we are engaging in a uh, reading a book together called Sacred Rhythms, and if you would like to, if you're a guest with us today, if you want to... Uh, you get that book, you can get one. We have a few extras out the, at the Welcome Center. But it's, it's, what we're doing is we're going through this season of discovering some of the sacred rhythms that, that we maybe are not familiar with as much in the charismatic uh, culture as maybe some of the evangelicals and some of the traditions have done for years and years and years as they've separated themselves unto the Lord in a different way. And so we're, we're learning new rhythms. We're learning new things as a church as we want to press into the presence of God. And even the word that was shared prophetically uh, by the prophetic team earlier about breaking the mold of our hearts, that God is wanting to do something different in all of our hearts. Can I say it? Can we all say amen? I can feel the atmosphere changing, can't you, Brett? Amen. I can feel God increasing his presence over us as a congregation. Can you feel the Lord drawing us? Hey, Eric, I have a quick, quick tie-in right to that. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I'm a planner. I, I have a lot of things organized in a way that uh, prepares me and arranges me. But as I've been praying in preparation for next week's sermon, mm -hmm. I've been struggling with where I was going to land scripture-wise. And three times the Lord has opened, waking me up, and, and he's kind of just shared this passage with me. And I'm like, that's just so weird. Why am I supposed to, why, am, why are you bringing that passage to my attention? And I, as I started preparing yesterday and the day before, um, this is just how the Spirit of God works. That last worship song mm -hmm. was my message next week. Mm. And I just—I I was just you. sitting there. The more I seek you, yeah. The more I find you, yeah. And just the, the presence of God loving us, just for who we are, mm -hmm. and just for the, the for who how much He loves us. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wow, only God can orchestrate that. Absolutely, so. amen. Even last night we had a soaking service here. If, if you several of you were here, but the same thing happened to me last night in that soaking service. Was there was a song that that Izzy Wignall from Indianapolis did, and it was one that took me way back to the 1980s, a song that really touched my heart, and I began to have those same emotions as God began to download his presence into my heart and renew and the joy of my salvation. And so we're on a journey, guys, as a church, and I'm, I pray that you have, uh, you're, you're wanting to go with us. I pray that you will uh, jump in on the journey. There is a river flowing from the river of God, and we want to jump in it. And so that's what we're doing. And so today what we're going to do, last week Brett talked about um, longings and desires that we have. And uh, this week we're going to kind of start to tap into solitude and uh, talk about it a little bit. But we want to start with a scripture with us today. And so if you'll look on um, the screen there, and if you're with us online, I'm going to read this passage out of a Matthew 11:28, and it's out of the Message Bible. Uh, Brett has this on a plaque in his office, and I saw it out of the Message, and I'd never read it out of the Message, but I thought it was powerful. And it says, "Are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest." Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Now, what I want to do 
if everybody would just close your eyes here in the sanctuary. And I want to read this as if the Lord is speaking to you personally today. And just listen for what words stick out to you as the Lord speaks this over you right now. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. And work with me. And watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Now, friends, that is an invitation from God to be with you. That scripture is an invitation for all of us today to be with him. To get away with our God. And that's what solitude is about. Is getting away, slowing our life down like the prophetic team shared this morning as God emphasized that. To learn, the, to learn solitude and these rhythms of grace that we're talking about. To learn a new way. To break the mold. To get out of our normal routines. To slow down the pace of our life in order to make time for God in a new way. Does anybody want to do that? So this month, the month of June, we are creating space for God in our lives. And we're doing a media fast. And it starts today. Everybody say, woo-hoo! We're taking 21 days to fast media. To create space. And time for God. I don't know how you guys are doing. I know I preached on that several weeks ago, preparing us for that. But I pray that you will come away. Get away with me, God says. And take that extra time that you would put into media and begin to put it in putting it with God. And begin to reset your life with rest. Begin to reset your life with solitude. Are you guys good with that? Amen. So we're in this process of learning to delight ourselves in God in a different way and practice these sacred rhythms from the book that we just started. We're on chapter two this week on solitude. As I said last night, we spent some extra time doing uh, soaking in a service last night. And this Wednesday, I want to encourage you uh, to come out this Wednesday at six o'clock, um, Izzy Wignall and Sarah and Sam have done a great job of organizing, practicing some of these rhythms together as we're worshiping the Lord and getting quiet before God. And uh, it was enjoyable. I encourage you to come this Wednesday at 6 and do it again. Um, that's all on the schedule on what we're doing. Um, but we're practicing. It's kind of like what Brett said last week. Um, if you weren't here on his message, I encourage you to go back and listen to it online. Brett, you did a good job, and it was, it was about how Moses turned aside at the burning bush, and he was helping us to kind of realize that our longings are there, and sometimes we just have to take a turn and, and to listen, and, and, and that's what we're doing. That's what these services are for. You have any thoughts on that? Anything else that you wanted to share about the longings and the turning aside to the Lord? I think the only thing that came to my mind as, we were, as you were reading that to me is just and you shared this with me the other day that uh, we, you enjoy watching a garden grow. And mm -hmm. I think that's just kind of a, it's weird, right? I mean, that's odd watching. A He's garden saying I'm weird. Grow. Okay. Yeah, that's right. But I do, yeah. I think, I think there's some peace to that peace, meaning P E A C E peace. And the reality that God's taking care of the garden It's Matthew six. So mm -hmm. God's taking care of the garden. Mm hmm. He's going to take care of you. And I think sometimes we think in this whole worn out, this tired, this striving, we try to, we have to produce, we have to do. Mm -hmm. And God's saying, I got this. Yeah. And we miss, we often miss that. Yes, I agree. 
we try in our own effort. Yes. Would you agree? Absolutely. And so this is getting beyond performance. This is getting beyond doing things right and beginning to rest in the presence of the Lord, right? Yeah, he's active, working all the time. Amen. So last week, Brett did a good job, and he talked about four steps that we could do to uncover God's desire in us, because God, uh, desire is actually originated from God. But I wanted, to, wanted us to read our memory verse for this week. This is what we memorized last week was Psalms 37, verse 4. And I've put it both in the NIV, and I've also used the Passion Translation, because I think it points out what we're, we're going for, we're, what, we're shooting, what we're shooting the target at. And it says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. The Passion Translation says, find your delight and true pleasure in Yahweh, and he will give you what you desire the most. And as I began to ponder even delight, because we delight in a lot of different things in our life, sometimes things that aren't that great. But the word delight means pleasure, enjoyment, joy, gratification of desire. But as I was doing a word study of that word, even this morning, it means to pamper or refresh oneself in God. I love that. Do you ever pamper yourself? When I think of pampering myself, I think of, uh, you know, Eating, deli eating delicious foods or taking it easy or going someplace. To, to, but that is what we're doing. We want to go someplace with God, Brett. We want to pamper ourselves in his presence, enjoy his presence, delight in him. And that's really kind of a foreign term in some people's lives. What do you mean delight? God's boring. No, God is not boring. Can I have a witness? But sometimes we get in ruts to where we need to refocus. And I love what Brett said last week. We must choose to desire. We have to make a choice. We, we have to decide to desire. And so that's what this whole process is. We're going through this thing of making a choice to desire God, to go after him in a new way, in a fresh way. And he gave us four things and in this, where this, and I'll let you describe that, Brett. You did a great job of how this longing and this desire starts inside of us and where we need to go with it. Yeah, great. Uh, the top is really just what do you want? And it can be a, something small. It could be maybe you're already thinking about what you're going to eat after church, you know. It's something small like that, or it could be big. What's my purpose in my life? What does God want me to do in my life? So it's either small decisions to, to big decisions. Uh, then it's, the reality is we don't really typically think about that in our culture today. We typically just, hey, I want something salty, so you go grab something salty. Hey, I want to watch a show, so you watch a show. And so immediately we resolve it. Well, in, as a spiritual discipline, the re there's a reality to delaying. And so we need to take that step of actually delaying the fulfillment of our desire and actually ask ourselves, what does God want? Mm-hmm. So in that delay, then God starts to speak, and we have to press in, and maybe we get into the Word, maybe we listen to some worship music, worship music, maybe we talk to a godly friend, and there's some conversations that take place. After that, as you start to process through the delay, then what starts to happen is you start to ask yourself and you start to discover, where is God in this process? And God reveals himself intimately to us and he helps us realize because he's an intimate god he's the one that made us he knows who we are he knows what we like he knows how he created us he knows what he wants to do with us so he creates us that way and we discover intimacy with him and then as we discover more deeper intimacy with him then he starts to reveal the destiny of where we're supposed to grow right now as a follower of his of his mm -hmm. and oftentimes i mentioned this last week and I, it's kind of a Oh, heaven, I accept Christ, and now I'm in heaven. I'm going to, can't wait till I get to heaven. Here on earth, earth is awful. I have to struggle through this earth stuff. But no, there's a destiny here where God's able to work with us and help us grow in that tension of life to, to live it to the fullest mm -hmm. in his enjoyment as he's delighting us. And then when we get to that stage, that stage of life, and we're living in our destiny in a new way, then God says, what do you want? And he takes you deeper. He takes you deeper. He takes you deeper. And there's such a deeper, there's, a, there's so much richness. Mm -hmm. his, his well never runs dry. His well never runs dry. Amen. I can even imagine as we get ready to go to this media fast, there's going to be a desire for us, whether it's gaming or TV or whatever, that desire is going to come up. Well, I guarantee you we're already having anxiety about it. 
I, how many are having anxiety about not being able to participate in media? I'm, I don't want to. And I, we, we'll get to this in a little bit later as we go into some Q&A here. But when, you, when I go into solitude, I'm intimidated. Mm -hmm. Every single time I go in, I'm intimidated. Mm -hmm. And I even texted you before I was going this last time. He's like, hey, are you ready? And I'm like, no. Right. Nah, I don't want to go. Right. Right. Just, just being real. Right. I mean, yeah. But it's amazing as you delay the desire of media. Yes. And you delay that desire and you don't press into it. You can then discover where, what is it, God, that you're wanting from me today? I'm not going to go to Facebook. I'm not going to go to whatever this. But there is a longing there that can be discovered as you delay that pleasure. You delay what you want to do. And you can begin this discovery process of what is it that you're actually longing for? You know, when I play bubble pop, what is it I'm actually wanting? I'm, I'm disengaging my brain and not wanting to think. But I'm really, there's something there God's wanting to show me. And I'm going to delay that this next week. The next three weeks, Eric. And the next week. <laughs> and the next week. And, no, and, and no bubble possibly, pop for three weeks. And never, maybe never go back to bubble pop. <laughs> now I'm really getting anxious, Brett. <laughs> I know, I'm crazy, bubble pop, right? But at any rate, it's a good thing. So today what we're going to do is we're going to jump into solitude a little bit. And we're going to talk about three specific areas of solitude together. We're going to talk about it, and then we're going to open it up into questions. But, Brett, we've broken this down into kind of some expectations of what is solitude and what are the expectations of solitude and the seasons of our life and, and, and also the practical facts of solitude. So, Brett, why don't you kind of dialogue with us a little bit about that, and we'll kind of open it up for so, questions. One thing I'm going to do if you find, not, oops, yet. not yet, I went the wrong way. That's all right. Whoops. Just go to your phone first. If you have a question through the course of this as we're discussing it, you can text that number with questions today, and I'll go back to the other stuff, but go ahead. So um, what's interesting as we get ready for MediaFast, this stat came across in an email this week. Um, Nielsen did a study, and Americans, this isn't across the world, this is in America, streamed 15 million years worth of digital content in 2021. Did you guys hear that? 15 million years of digital content. I in America. In America. I contributed to that. 15 million years. That's how much time. That's how much time we chewed up as American citizens with digital content. Wow. So go to the next slide, if you will. Um, go back. There you go. So this was actually on my one of the houses I did solitude in. This is like three weeks ago. And this is actually a eight, late 1800s um, Edison um, recording device or a, a phonograph. Okay? So on the, on the left is actual the graph. So they would actually put that little uh, tube. It's like a, almost like a CD, right, or a DVD. Of the, of the late 1800s, and they would put it in the device, and then the, the megaphone would actually then uh, project the sound. And I thought when I saw this, I asked the owner if I could take this photo and show it to you. I almost want to just bring it here just to kind of display it. That thing is huge. I mean, it's like this tall. And you look at that, and back then, we think about, oh, yeah, sound amplification. That's something that's no big deal. These speakers do it. Hearing aids do it. We have the technology so small. But back in the late 1800s, it was so big in order to actually figure out how to record something onto a solid surface so that the, then we could re, re, replay it. And the reality is the amplifying system of how big that little megaphone is is so distortedly big, and that's truly, I thought, well, this is a perfect symbol of what solitude is. The awkwardness of how big it, how much it takes to get sound into our souls is that at the same ratio as that 
as that that is back in the, the late 1800s amplifying. And people say, wow, do you really have to have an hour of silence? Do you have to have three hours of silence? Do you have to have three days of sil solitude? And I find, yes, in my life, that I truly do need that much. And we'll talk about some of the uh, um, practical reality, reality of that in a little bit. But I think that's interesting to wrestle around this in the context of expectations is what do you expect? And I think, I thought this picture was a good picture to help us kind of walk into this concept of if we're filling our life as Americans with 15 million um, years. Years, years, years worth of content in one year, what are we missing from God? Right? What are we missing? And, and, and the reality is our culture doesn't even know there is a God. They don't even believe there is a God. And part of the reason why is we're spending so much time consuming digital content. Right. And I applaud the church that we're actually willing to listen to spend three weeks and, and surrender our hearts and minds to the Lord to say, hey, God, you have something better to say than the world does. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So I think one thing to, to say is uh, about expectations, um, and I think it's hard um, that you have to acknowledge that God works where you're at, and there's no extra expectation for somebody to perform on this or better than, than somebody else. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, how many hours did you get this week? You know, this isn't a competition. competition. Right, this right. isn't a, hey, what, I'm better than you, you're better than me. It's really what does your soul need in order to hear the voice of the Lord? Absolutely. So I think that's really where the, the, the motivation of solitude comes from. Um, I think one of the, I'm trying to go back to some, some of the questions. Mm -hmm. um, what's a question we can ask as it relates to? As far as expectations. Yeah. Well, I think some of the things is, you know, like, do I really, do I need to go somewhere? What are the expectations? Sure. Do I need to go somewhere to spend this extra time with God? Um, I know we've got family expectations and, sure. and stuff like that that we can discuss. Yeah, and I think let's talk about going somewhere specifically like a place. And I think yes and no. Again, if you're able to hear the Lord in your space, then mm -hmm. that might be. Um, if I go sometimes in my space, all I see is the work that still has to get done. Mm -hmm. And so to me, to find a space that's outside and separate and removed, mm -hmm. it actually pulls that back in. To me, like I mentioned last week, I feel like nature gives us the opportunity when you take go out into nature, it gives you a space where you're, you're going to see the bugs living. Mm -hmm. You're going to see the, the squirrels providing for themselves and God, or excuse me, God providing for the squirrels the way he does. Mm -hmm. um, this past time I was down in Brown County and I just sat there and watched a deer. I watched a deer for about a half hour eat. Mm -hmm. And I was so incredibly beautiful. All the hunters in the room were like, get out the gun. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, was, it, it was beautiful. And every once in a while the deer would hear me, but it didn't see me. It would just perk up. And it was just sit there and I just kept watching God provide for the deer. And it was just in such an odd situation for, oh God, if you're going to provide for the deer will you not also provide for me? Mm -hmm. Don't you love me more than the deer? Mm -hmm. And that's really where my heart was able to go to mm -hmm. in that season of expectation, or the, just the reality of expectation that I have on myself. Right. Oh, I've got to produce this week in order to provide for my family. I've got to do this in order to do this. Right. And there's just so much um, expectation in this world that we're forced into mm -hmm. that when you sit and watch a deer get provided food, because God's good. God loves you. Again, I have to wrestle with the reality that God loves me more than that deer. Mm -hmm. I think it goes back to what works for you when it really uh, getting away. Mm -hmm. I think you're, if you can afford to get away, those are all things. You yep. know, where do I go? I go to the park a lot. I go to a body water a lot. I go to a, there's a place at Mounds Park where there's a river and I pull down to the river and I stay there. I'm, I'm, I'm an out, so outdoor guy. You know, when we go to Canada, I, I definitely have time of solitude and that mm -hmm. type of thing. But you got to figure out what works for you. And uh, every one of us is different. But take that time to set it aside for God and mm -hmm. watch how God speaks to you. I'm like Brett. I can see something in nature, and I'm, pre I'm currently, you know, God's speaking to me immediately. 
I think some people get fear already a reality of, oh no, how am I going to find a space to do this? And I remember one time I had a chance to speak with a, um, an author and a speaker at time, and I just walked up to him and said, he didn't know who I was. And I just walked up to him and he said, I said, I'm really looking for a mentor. And I would love, I just, would, would you pray for me? He stopped, he prayed for me, and he, go, he looked up and he says, you know, Brett, God's going to answer that prayer. Mm-hmm. And within a week, I had a mentor mm-hmm. because I was looking for it and I knew God would provide because it was what God knew I needed. That longing and I, inside your heart. Exactly. And I feel like that's the, we hesitate to even bring it to God mm-hmm. because even God will provide a place. Mm-hmm. I mean, the places that I go to for solitude, I don't pay for. Right. God just provides. Right. And it's faith. He's faithful. Well, I've often said my coffee cup on my back porch a- amen. is an amazing place. <laughs> <laughs> amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, here's one question that I just got somebody sent. When you're learning to be silent in God's presence, how do you deal with the onslaught of thoughts that come? Are you supposed to be pushing it out? When do you know it is from God versus not from God? Yeah. The onslaught of thoughts. Onslaught, oh absolutely. my goodness! So can hey, I have a witness? Amen. Yeah, um, yeah. So absolutely, you're going to get the onslaught of thoughts. Onslaught of thoughts. Um, and I, what I typically, and I even did it this morning in preparation for this. As I'm worshiping, thoughts are coming in, mm-hmm. and I immediately wrote them down because I needed to get them off my mind and off my Mm. heart and off in preparation for this conversation. And so typically what happens for me is when I'm in solitude or silence, it's that, it'll happen a lot. I'm like, oh, I forgot to call. Oh, I forgot to, oh, I don't know. That's a, that's got a deadline today. Um, Mm -hmm. That stuff comes up. And so to me, just God knows this. God's the author of time. Mm-hmm. He, he knows where you're at. And so to me, um, and then what I've learned over the years of doing this, because I've been doing this for 20 years now, is I've actually recognized that, oh, guess what? I can prepare for that. Mm-hmm. I can actually prepare for that. Mm-hmm. And so I'll actually pre- sweep my week, and I'll prepare my week, and I'm actually ready to, to prepare my mind for solitude, and I can get 90% of them out. But even the onslaught, that happens, I can get 90% of them out, but there's still going to be 10% that are going to creep up back in. Oh, this is urgent. And then I have to look at it. Mm, no, that's not urgent. They can mm-hmm. wait. Yep, that's good. So solitude is just simply getting alone with God yep. by yourself. So what do we do in the busy world? What the expectation when it comes to families? Uh, we had someone email a question. What do you, if you're the mother and you manage everything in the family, from the kids' schedule to everything in the household, how do you make time to get away and not feel guilty or freak everybody out that you're leaving the house and you're going to go on this time of solitude? <laughs> how, do you, how do you make that happen? And that's a real issue. And I know with my, I even had to apologize to my own wife about not aggressively, as, as her husband, making sure she got her solitude. Not as a husband, not watching the kids when the kids were little so that she could get time away in the presence of the Lord for her own time of solitude. And I'm not just talking about our devotion time of reading the word and prayer in the morning and that kind of stuff. But we're talking about solitude where we get away for the Lord. Solitude away by ourselves that Matthew 11 says, come away with me. And so how, I mean, uh, you've had young kids. Yeah. How, how do mothers and fathers plan well, to make solitude <laughs> work? Because that's a big expectation. How yeah. do we make it happen? I think the, I, I own an apology to Paige as well. <laughs> 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 um, but I think the, there, I remember, I remember young, young kids in the house. And I remember one time, I don't know if she went off a date. She just went out somewhere or what. But I'm like walking into the house and I'm like, I'm in charge of the next two meals. Um, I don't know what to do. Um, and I did, there's this reality. Those poor kids. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, well they, they've grown up all right food-wise, but they typically just get pizza, cold, cold pizza or eggs, right? That's, uh, that's what dad knows how that's to cook. That's a go-to egg. That's right. Um, but, uh, but I think but there was some reality to the practical reality. Like, oh, no, 
I don't lo- I don't do Paige's job when I'm on my job. So I need some preparation. So I was able to talk to her and say, hey, next time you do this, can you give me a list, please, at least? To, so that, again, this is that spousal conversation. That in or- you're going to be gone for X number of hours. You need to prepare for that. And there is a way to prepare for that. But you, it, this really goes back to the intention of the heart. Yep. Right, mm-hmm. and so I think the the dads in the room that are non the non task or non schedulers like me, um, maybe you need a little bit more love, a little more, <laughs> more grace. A little more love. <laughs> well, I can just see your teeth to say, "Well, I don't know what I do. Just figure it out, right?" <laughs> <laughs> but no, it does take planning. There's planning. Is there is, you're going to be does. gone it's, for a period of time. Yeah. it's going to take planning. You can't get around it. And you probably won't start with three days like no. he does. You might start with one hour, two hours. Let's talk about how long should I set aside time well, for God? Well, I think it's interesting. We, as I said last week at the action plan, I set a three-hour goal for mm-hmm. people by the end of the month. And already some people are having some anxiety around this thought of being alone with God for three hours. And Is he going to beat them up or something? Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, he, I think this is interesting, though. I think um, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, the fear of the Lord... Mm, begins beginning of wisdom wisdom. Mm -hmm. so to me when you again that anxiety that i had in preparation that wasn't sinful anxiety that wasn't an ungodly anxiety that was the fear of the lord Mm -hmm. that was a recognizing that i was actually truly doing something to set apart some time Mm -hmm. and so when you walk into that tension and i would say some of you maybe one hour is that spot where you're fearful Mm-hmm. That's a reverent fear. That's an honor, and it's an honest assessment of your heart. And you need to spend an hour with the Lord, and it's going to be very hard for you to do. Mm-hmm. That's okay if that's where you're at. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. God, God's not looking for a performer. Say that again. God's not looking for a performer. Ah. He's right. looking for an intimate relationship with the one He created, who is you, who is me. And he knows where you're at, and he wants to grow you into a deeper relationship. And I would say if you're at the spot where you're very comfortable with one hour, then maybe the push is three. Right. And then once you get to the spot where you're comfortable with three, I think that's when you get to that spot where the push becomes one day. Yeah, that's good. And then when you get to the push where it's one day, and you're comfortable with, the, comfortable with one day alone with the Lord— and then the push comes, and the challenge is three days. Mm-hmm. Right. So now I'm at a spot where I have to be pushed and challenged to go beyond three. I'm going beyond three, but I'm also doing it three days every three months. Right. Every quarter. Every quarter. I do it once a quarter. Mm-hmm. And it just kept pushing me and kept pushing me and kept mm-hmm. not pushing me in a way. It's like, it's like, tra- it's like training a muscle. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to – it's a – hey – you can lift right. 50 pounds now, then guess what? Now you get to go to 60. Mm-hmm. And you start to get stronger, and you're able to press into the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, I, and again, I will say, the f- when I'm on three days of solitude, the first day I'm on solitude, I, I've heard this question come in, should I, should I sleep? What happens if I fall asleep? Guess what? That's what, your, bo- that's what your body needed. If you need to sleep, sleep. Let your body sleep. Because then what happens to me very, very typically, now I know the rhythm, I feel the rhythm, I can see the rhythm coming. The first day is very much sleep-oriented. Mm-hmm. I'll open a book, I'll start to read, and then I'll doze off. And then I'll open, then I'll wake up, and then I'll go for a walk. And then I'll sit down again to read, and then I'll doze off. Yep. Even in the middle of the day. I have no expectations of time. None. So then what happens, I sleep so hard that night. Mm-hmm. I typically sleep so hard. And the next day, it is like a flood of God's grace, mercy, and love. And mm-hmm. I get ideas. I get answers to questions. I get – it is just constant influx of the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit just speaking intimately to Brett on where my business is supposed to go, where the ministry is supposed to move. Oh, what do I have to do with my family? Oh, Brett, you really need to repent about that. Mm-hmm. You need to go back and talk to your kids. You need to go back and – talk to Paige, and there's the, that's when the Holy Spirit really opens up my heart in that second day. Mm-hmm. Um, then the third day is, is a way of my mind, again, in preparation to get back in. I, I, I view this as work, guys. This is just part of my rhythm. This is part of who I am now, and it's just part of me just continuing to have a conversation with the Lord and going back and moving. Good. It's a rhythm you've created in your life mm-hmm. that has sustained you 
and out of that rest and out of that presence with God, it helps you in Absolutely. your life. Absolutely. But I will say this, even in the midst of keeping this rhythm, I still do too much. I still push too hard. I still experience the trials of life. Mm -hmm. And in the past 10 years, I've been struggling with depression and didn't even know it. Mm. So this isn't like a fix-all for everything. Right. And so then that's rea the realization in my life is like, oh, this is whole depression concept is just come brand new to me. So this reality is like, oh, guess what? My youngest child's 12. My oldest child's 20. I've raised my kids depressed. Mm. That's heavy. That's a heavy thought. Mm -hmm. And then that reality of, oh, there's no condemnation in Christ. In Christ. So yeah. now I have to go back and recognize that I have a new life to live in front of my children mm. and in front of my family. And so they can see what God can do with depression off of me. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And yeah. so that, that's come out of my solitude times. Mm -hmm. That's good. So that's, I didn't think I was going there. So. Hey, it's good. It's good. So if you fall asleep, guess what? Sleep. If you get bored, what happens if you get bored? We are digitally entertained nonstop. Do you think you might get bored for in part of it? So what do you do? Stay bored. Press in, delay, delay the boredom. Delay the boredom. Don't let... And begin to then seek God. God, what do you desire? What are you trying to do in me? Right. What is it that I'm longing for? Why do I need to be so uh, entertained right now? Why are you not enough, God? What's going on inside of me? And you're alone with God discovering your journey. Not being condemned. Because that's what I would do when I'd fall asleep. I, I, would, I would condemn myself rather than leaning into it. And being okay with it. Mm -hmm. I would judge myself. Don't judge yourself. And don't come in agreement with your adversary who comes to accuse the brethren day and night. Say, shut up. No, I'm going to press into the presence of God. Well, we're physical beings. Mm -hmm. We're not, we're spiritual beings. We're embodied souls where the spirit of God is alive within us. But mm -hmm. we're physical beings. Right. And I will see this next week. But Jesus snapped. Yep. <laughs> he sure did. He did quite a bit. Yep. Uh, he also has some really night, late, night, late nighters. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are some other expectations, Brett? Um, any other questions on there? Well, the other thing I think that a lot of families want to know, I know there was a question that came in on email. Um, how do we incorporate our children into daily times of solitude and reflection, especially when those with attention deficit challenges? And some, what are some good journaling books that prompt kids yeah. to engage in the process of reflecting on Scripture, listening to hear God speak? The Hear Journal process is very solid, uh, but a blank notebook can feel empty and hard to get going. Yeah, I, I didn't start my, and it, I was surprised journaling wasn't one of her disciplines in her book, but uh, um, she, uh, uh, we'll go back on this first. Uh, Wesley, and I, I didn't look up her first name, so I apologize. She had 11 kids, and in the midst of 11 kids, um, oftentimes she would stop, take a shawl, put it over her head as a mom raising 11 kids, Woo! and mommy's talking to Jesus. You need to give me some space. You need to give me some time to talk to Jesus. I'm talking to Jesus. And then you look at that and say, well, what did she really teach her children about discipleship or about solitude? solitude about, you know, well, guess what? Two of her kids, Charles Wesley, John Wesley. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. And you look at she that and you say, it. she modeled it. And mm -hmm. that modeling of it is what eventually gave seeds for the Holy Spirit to work and eventually planted into a huge harvest for the kingdom. Absolutely. And I think the I, I, one thing there was times as you're setting these rhythms up with kids, it's hard. It's just flat hard to have young children. 
Um, it's, a, it's a hard season of life. And again, you have to lower the expectations of these kind of conversations in your own mind. And maybe you only get 20 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you only get 30 minutes. Maybe you just get a breath of just saying, oh my. I, and the, the reality of that is what I think what we were able to successfully do as parents is, guess what? You sit here quietly, play with your trains. Now, this depends on what age your children are, right? This is what all season? what season the kids are in. But um, as long as they're safe, then you can close your eyes for five minutes. You can pull yourself aside for five minutes. Mm -hmm. and, and as long as the child is preoccupied, we'd throw on a worship song. We'd throw on some worship music for that child to be playing trains with. And they'd play trains while they're doing scripture memory um, verses on... Uh, and, and that was a devotion time. It doesn't have to be this expectation where they're writing in a journal and everything like that. So, again, we have to lower our expectation, think about where the child's at. And, I mean, again, this is – I'm a doodler, but I, I'm kind of like an artist wannabe. So I can, I can draw a really mean tree in the sunset. That's about it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, but I, I can do that a lot of times, but I, I do it in – that separation, that doodling that I do, the boredom that I have, then God's able to speak through that. And I think that's where with young kids, doodling, mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with coloring books. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. You can do devotions. You can do all that while you're playing, while mm -hmm. you're create, exploring creativity, yeah, um, playing with Play-Doh, um, with worship music, things like that. It's just a great way to explore that creative side of your brain. That's good. I think part of it, too, as parents is... It's kind of that thing that you talk about when you're in an airplane, you put the mask on yourself first. You know, I think parents just need to experience solitude for a while themselves before they even try to put it on their children. Let the, why don't you begin to experience it yourself and, 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 and walk that out and then begin to invite them into that place of solitude. And so then when you do go take a walk or you're taking a walk with your child, you can actually say, hey, let's stop here and let's think about the Lord as we're out here in the park. And what do you see? And you can actually begin to invite them into that process. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think it's, to me it's beautiful. Um, don't hear this as condemnation, but hear it as an opportunity to stretch your child as well but i see the parents running around and they're running the kid in the park and the kid has a cell phone in front of them watching a show and i'm thinking the kid's missing so much of god's nature when pull that cell phone out what would happen it was amazing with our kids we'd run around and walk take a walk in the park and the kid would go "Ooh," you know the kid would point and then all of a sudden you'd stop and look, and the kid was seeing something that you completely missed. Yeah. And so to me, there's there's a depth of that that the child can lead us to. We we throw a screen in front of them and think that's parenting, and the reality is, and please don't hear judgment on that. There's a lot of space in that. There's a lot of nuance in that right. that's that is complex. But um, what's the way we can stretch our children, and that we can help them find the Lord. Because I'm concerned about our next generation. Mm -hmm. 30 years from now, Dude. what are our children going to be doing mm -hmm. in order to hear the Lord? Mm -hmm. Or are they going to be... If we're watching 15 million years, years worth in 2021, what are we going to be doing in 2051? Right, exactly. So that's so we have hard. To change we have to, we have to make a shift. We have to make a, a shift, a absolutely. You know, something that you've said, and I was even thinking of that before you even said it, but sometimes kids notice God better than we do. Absolutely. And you were talking about the burning bush and <clears throat> turning aside. Kids see some things <clears throat> that we don't see. And I know several years ago, um, probably five, or five to eight years ago, we were at Canada uh, at the lake. And Abraham gets all excited. Dad, Mom, come here. Come outside. Of course, it's 10 o'clock at night. I'm ready for bed. you got to see the stars. And so mom gets out first because she's so much more servant. And I go, yep, I'll get out of bed. I'll go see the <laughs> stars. And the wonder that Abe showed us. Absolutely. The wonder yeah. that he saw as he looked aside. And then we began to talk about yeah. the brilliance of our God. Absolutely. And we said, oh, my, isn't God yeah. good? Yeah, I remember this is because Cohen was a couple years ago. He was uh, fishing. And... 
he just, I mean, just screamed with joy. And I can show you the photo. I should, I should bring it. But there was so much joy on his face because he had spent an hour trying to catch this fish. And the fish was probably about this big. But if you hold it way out here, it gets, gets, a lot gets a lot bigger. Yeah. So, but it was it was so the joy of his face that he was able to do that. There was so much joy and wonder in the experience of, and mm. there's so much more oh, in yeah. that than a digital device. Amen. So there's Amen. a lot of wonder there. That's awesome. That's good. And that spoke to me. Mm-hmm. That spoke volumes to me. Well, one of the questions the mother had was, "What are some good journaling books?" and you know, I did do some research, and uh, this is a journal for teenagers for solitude and silence that's on Amazon.com, and uh, you might look at other resources, but uh, one thing that uh, I did do, I did some research, and the study from University of California said teens who choose to spend time alone may know what's best for them. According to new research, that suggests solitude isn't a red flag for isolation or depression. The key factor is choice. Listen to this. When solitude is a choice and not imposed on adolescents and young adults, whether it's as punishment or as a result of social anxiety, it can be problematic. But when teenagers choose solitude, it contributes to personal growth and self-acceptance, and it actually improves their mental health. So it's important that ki- we discuss solitude and silence with our kids. It's important that we make it, we, 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 we actually talk to them. How can, how do you want to do your solitude and bring the kids in? Rather it be a thing where I'm telling my kids to do something, but literally we're inviting them. Because remember what we said at the very beginning, these are unforced, unforced. rhythms. If you're going to force your kids into these rhythms, it's going to be problematic. Now, I realize that teenagers and young ones don't desire this, but if we desire it and we model it and we actually incorporate them with us into it, I think that's where we can have a win with our kids. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So put your mask on first, too, is what I look at it, too. <laughs> but anyway, uh, what were some of the other questions, Brett? Feel free to, feel free to text if you have a question. We did, what if I get bored? Do I have to be quiet the whole time, Brett? In solitude, do I have to be quiet? So we did the, I had not done the soaking service before last, that was last night. And uh, I think the answer to that question is you have to go with what works best for you. Um, I personally love hearing the bugs, the birds, the the nature kind of it that, I can't hear that when I've got worship music on, um, but I'll be ta- I'll be honest with you. Sometimes in solitude, if I've been through a very, I yell at the top of my lungs because I'm so, I'm just trying to get it out with mm-hmm. my Lord. I'm trying to break through what junk junk that I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. That so there is some emotion there. Don't be afraid afraid to show your emotion. So is that part of silence? I think it's part of me, my soul, and my physical crying out to my father that says I need help I need help there's mm-hmm. something going on here I can't figure it out mm-hmm. and then because I allowed it to come out then then I'm able to rest and then the silence takes place but I really don't I'm not I'm just now learning how to discipline myself with the music that gets played I'm big on podcasts I'm big on books so there's times that I'll put too much content in me mm-hmm. and so there's times where I'm now in this season where I'm actually stopping to put content in and I'm actually trying to listen to the worship music so it's a that's new for me that's a new discipline it is. for you it is okay cool so well I think for me it's it's really focusing on what's going on inside mm-hmm. and if it needs to be expressed express it if you need to say it say it so. I, I'm amazed by the number of psalms. If you don't, if you think about the book of Psalms and you listen to David crying out to the Lord, and then he wrote down what he cried out, mm-hmm. it's like the fir- they typically start out with a complaint. They start out with an anger and frustration. Some Why is that guy limit. doing that to me? Why is this? And there's all this, and then all of a sudden, as it shifts, it shifts down. Mm-hmm. Oh, quiet my soul, Lord. I see what you're saying now. Mm-hmm. And so every Delight myself in the Lord. Yeah, it really, it just it just shifts it, and mm-hmm. so to me, but God. 
God wants that from us. He doesn't resist that. And it's good. So what do I do if I feel the resistance and I don't want to do solitude? Yeah, I feel like this is a... That's a big one. But I also heard one one of the questions was, uh, what if I'm scared? What if I don't want to go in and hear what God has to say? What if if I'm afraid of what God will say? Yeah, and I think the tension in that is, I think that goes back to that passage of um, fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And I think there's this tension that we have to acknowledge that when we're walking into a season, you're walking into a solitude experience God is wanting to speak to us. We're talking to the creator of the mm-hmm. universe. Oh, what a privilege. Yeah, it's a privilege, but <laughs> if it doesn't create a little bit of ants in your pants, yeah. right? Uh, do I really want this? I mean, it should. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, a there, holy reverence. there's a holy reverence there. Yes, he's our Papa God. Yes, he can, we can rest in his arm, rest in his arms, and we can rest in him, but he fearfully and wonderfully made us for a reason this isn't it shouldn't be a a correction moment my, my gut is if you need correction you're probably not intentionally pursuing solitude in the first place mm-hmm. probably so right yeah so god's gonna do that in a different way mm-hmm. and he has in my life Mm-hmm. And so to me, the solitude is more of an intimate progression of where I'm going, I would agree. Yeah. not a correction of where I've been. There's correction that happens while you're there, but mm-hmm. it's not, it's an intimate, right. loving way, not a, not a direct way. Yeah. Good. That's good. Okay. Let's see if there was other, we already covered what if I fall asleep? What are practical ways to, to shift from resting to recover? into resting for future work. I, I just think this is a conversation we have to have ourselves as, as a church, but it's a constant conversation that we have to have ourselves because the, the world is always saying that it is recovery. Um, so, Tom's going right now, it's recovery. Yeah. No, it's oh, not yeah, recovery, yeah, right? Yeah. No, I don't see, and, and that's why I was so f- excited about our pastoral staff and the leadership here moving towards a Sabbath experience or not Sabbath sabbatical experience for Tom and Michelle is because it is not a rest from the last seven years. It's preparation for the next seven years. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that's really what the conversation is. It's a reframing the conversation in your head. And so that you actually start thinking about that. So I, you know, this, some of the, many of you guys were here this week, but I, I turned the half century mark last week. So, um, but now I'm looking at my life and I'm saying that this thought honestly came to me. Which is the season. I didn't reach 50, okay? The first 50 years is preparing me for the next 50 years. Mm -hmm. And I just shifted that. That conversation is always in my head. What am I going to do with the next 50 years of my life? Mm -hmm. The first 50 years was just preparation. Absolutely. And so to me, it's a phrase. It's like every day. Mm-hmm. It's just a. It's with, that's what the Bible does. When the Bible gets into your heart and your mind, um, then it, it reframes it and it helps you think about what how it prepares you for the next step. Mm-hmm. And again, we would be so much better as a congregation, as a people, as a society, if we saw the day, because it's biblical, beginning at sundown. Mm-hmm. The day begins at sundown. So as it starts, and I and I don't even like doing that. Honestly, I now I've moved it, moved it back because my in the summertime in Indiana it's ten o'clock at sundown. Um, so my mind says the day begins at about six p.m. to eight p.m. Mm-hmm. and I'm already preparing for the next. Mm-hmm. And so it's it, it, once you realize that as you spend time in solitude and the time extends, then you recognize that it's like people say, "Well, I can't." set aside that much time away and I'm looking at it and saying now that I've lived it so mm-hmm. many times I can't afford not to right. set aside that time because it prepares me for to, sat it, to, to successfully lead mm-hmm. through, through the season that I'm getting ready to go into because so we're all in different seasons absolutely yeah and, and so we have to change yeah it's just it's changing your mindset yeah. and you think you, you lay that seed down in your mind differently mm-hmm. and then every single thing you do is a, in, a, in a concept of preparation so even as you go to bed you you may, you may need to change people may need to change what they do even before they go to bed absolutely 
you know, actually, and this isn't as a as a. Because if you're looking at it from, hey, I'm now starting my rest to get ready for the day, yeah. you know, how do I start that time of rest? Yeah, absolutely. Even, Even in childhood, young children, I mean, we teach this as therapists to children is that the most important time to get a child a good night's sleep is with the bedtime routine. Yep. And the bedtime routine starts at mm-hmm. two hours before bedtime. Yep. So if you're going to bed at eight. Start prep. You start at six o'clock. All right. You know, if you go to bed at 10, you start at 8. You know, there's this preparation size. And, and then as the kid gets more rhythm into that, then they start to sleep. Right. We, I, we joke around with our kids. We say, hey, because we've always had a pretty hard deadline of 8 to 9 o'clock night to bedtime. And then they, as they got older, like, I don't want to go to bed that time. I said, well, you'll thank me when you're older. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard right now, but you'll thank me when you get older. Yeah, then they graduate high school and it all gets messed up. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and then when they get to the adults, they'll come back and say, oh, that's what they were doing. Well, one of the practical <laughs> ways of going to bed, I think if you are constantly, like as we're going through this media fast, if you're vegging out on um, social media, Facebook, uh, drama, everybody's complaints before you go to bed, that may not be the way to enter your time of rest at night. You know, And then when you start, when you get up in the morning, what are you starting your day with? You know, Unfortunately, I do keep this beside my bed but I do it in case there's emergencies in the church and that kind of thing. Um, and, and most people, that's the first thing you grab. What can we do to start not grabbing this as we go to the media fast and we actually grab our Bible right. and we actually start our day with God's presence. So those are some practical things. Yeah, I think, and I we think can that's do. hard too for, I, I'm pressed into that question because I get that question a lot when people ask me this question. It's like, what, if, what happens if I have to get up at four o'clock to go to work? Mm-hmm. And do I really have to get up at three o'clock to do my di- devotions? And I and I would challenge you: No, you don't. I think that that question is a discipline of firsts, mm-hmm. not a discipline that has to be in the morning. God knows who you are. Some people aren't early people. Right. Um, some people are not. I and and I think what I would say then is: Let's say if you have to get up early to work, you have to be there at four thirty, um, and then you work your full day and you get home by two thirty or three o'clock in the afternoon. Then guess what? The discipline of your first is right then. Sure. That's when you'd say, okay, now I'm going to carve this yeah, time. Yeah, we don't want to get legalistic. It's not a legalism thing. Nope. It's not It's not about performance that I have right. to do this or I feel guilty. Man, they always talk about morning quiet times. Well, what about discipline of first quiet times? Mm-hmm. What about when's the first moment you should step in to your quiet time and be with the Lord? Mm-hmm. And maybe it is right when you get home from work. Or, mm-hmm. again, if our mindset is the day starts at sundown, what if it's right before you hey, fall bed. asleep right. as you begin your day with rest and right. you're actually doing a quiet time before you go to bed? Mm-hmm. But if what's, what happens is you start to fall asleep in that quiet time, then you start to have to think, oh, I've got to prepare this because this is really going to be my quiet time. I've really got to be mentally prepared. That's good. And so yeah. then you have to go back further and further to prepare mm-hmm. for that moment. Yeah, that's good. So. That's good. All right. One other question by text, and then we'll kind of start winding this down since it's a little after 12. I have a biography I'm reading. Does this reading, does reading that go against the media fast? I would say take that before the Lord. I mean, I guess. Is it edifying? Is it building you up? You know? Yeah, I don't, I would, I would see a media fast being digital, digital media fast. That would be the way I would take it personally. Um, if you're going to, I would have to f- fast from books. That's a different conversation because I like a lot of books. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say take it, but take it to the Lord is what I would say on that one and see what the Lord says. But, you know, I really think if we'll just deal with this thing for the next 21 days, take some time in your solitude don't take this with you. Put it on silent and just really actually take some time to be alone with God. Amen? Is that good? Well, here's what we're going to do. Here's our action plan since we're running out of time. Here's what we would like uh, for us all to do. Um, uh, number one, have you scheduled your three hours of solitude? And if you can only do an hour, hey, good. But get it scheduled for the month of June. Let's start practicing solitude. Shut this thing off, do your media fast, and begin to get alone with God. Read chapter 2 of Sacred Rhythms, and uh, also read for your here journal, Matthew 6, and memorize Matthew 6, 6.
this week, of course, this last week, we memorized Psalms 37, 4, which was the scripture we read today. It was a real easy one. What did it say? Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Church, this is all about us delighting ourselves in the Lord. This is all about us turning towards the burning bush as God's trying to get our attention and being awed and wondered by him. Amen. And so we're on this journey. Guys, I thank you for going on the journey with us. And Brett, thank you for sharing uh, the journey of desire last week. And we're looking forward to what God's going to speak to us next week. Amen.